size. Stitch is like a mathematical formula. Count so many threads, work a number of passings to create a variety of different strokes and stitches. Et voila, you're an embroiderer. Or indeed, work by machine is very similar. Some people like to use those wonderful pre-programmed creative embroidery stitches to formulate interesting patterns and surface decoration on their work. Both are deliberate methodologies where the intention and outcome is known. The idea has intention, but that intention is recognised and acknowledged through the use of some form of scripted design. But for many other artists, embroidery is much more about gaining a certain amount of freedom from that formula. Their inspiration may form a narrative or it may be pure abstraction, expressive mark making or simply just the coalescence of fabric, texture and embroidery. And sometimes that's all it takes. That's going to be the theme for today's episode, that coalescence of imagery or mark making technique and embroidery that forces all embroidery artists who like to work independently to really look at those interactions, to be able to create successful artworks. And surprise, surprise, you don't need a vast array of stitch techniques at your fingertips to create embroidered art. Quite the reverse, it seems. Keep listening to find out the most common stitches used by a number of embroidery artists. Gaining freedom is one thing. But I suppose what I'm really trying to get at here is how do you turn a fabric into a far more complex and diverse cloth, all the while trying to ensure that all the components actually work together to help create a harmonious whole. It's that juxtaposition of imagery or mark making, texture and stitch that I find so very alluring and very powerful. And the techniques available are myriad. Yet surprisingly, from my research for this podcast, the simplicity of stitch is what a lot of artists actually prefer. So, Stitch Safari listeners, in this episode, I'm going to talk about how to gain freedom in your embroidered textiles and add extra synergy to your work to create art overflowing with contrasts of texture sparked only by your own imagination. And they're the uh, buzzwords here, your imagination. That's all it takes, along with pure instinct that comes from continually doing, evaluating, experimenting and problem solving. All with the potential to add real impact to your work. Let's see if I can ignite that in imagination. Hello and welcome to the Stitch Safari podcast, a sprightly and upbeat expedition into the alluringly appealing ambrosial world of stitch history, art and embroidery. 
Each fortnight, we'll trek through and discover the utilitarian, the decorative, the quirky and the just plain fun world that is the art of the needle. My name's Cathy Jack Copeland and I'm the Stitch Safari Expedition Leader. I'm an Australian textile artist, teacher, judge, blogger and stitch enthusiast whose work in contemporary machine stitch became my business. Most textile and fibre artists work within the parameters of their own unique processes. For me, gaining freedom in embroidery is about creating your own designs to work from and that means being able to express an idea visually, one that's full of visual interest and impact with endless possibilities, one hopes, <laughs> and one that is both unified and harmonious. So a design idea comes to you, what do you do? Do you write it down, draw or sketch something or simply begin to collect fabrics and threads and stitch? I think most embroidery artists, but certainly not all, would begin with images or marks of some sort, supported by vast amounts of research. And this can be as detailed and comprehensive as it needs to be for a design to grow to meet your desired outcomes. Imagery and marks are important and powerful. Let's not forget that. So research offers not only inspiration, but important facts and opportunities or new pathways for further exploration. And all this is done before one stitch is ever taken. Not all artists work this way. Some have the confidence and ability to simply begin stitching and good luck to them. Now, these images can be realistic. They can be photos, computer generated and manipulated, include drawings from museum visits or simply be images or marks collected that respond to that initial idea. It doesn't matter, so long as they begin to form a narrative for the maker. Or the work could be purely about gestural or representational mark making. Inspiration can also come from other artists, and I like to include artists from other genres as well, such as ceramics and pottery, glass blowing, paper art, book illustrators, and even art from old record covers. And some of those old record covers are amazing. And this is this all makes for a complexity and diversity of inspiration. That's your resource pool from which you draw inspiration, working it to suit your needs and sense of expression. Next is how these images or marks will be transferred onto a working substrate. Screen printing, digital painting, or printing, drawing or painting directly onto the fabric, photo transfer and collage all offer that initial opportunity to begin storytelling and mark making, to set the scene upon which the other two components, texture and stitch, will need to be worked. 
Vintage fabrics, op shop finds, papers or thrifted items from friends may provide the perfect foundation upon which to build this imagery. Elizabeth Griffiths is one such textile artist who often uses watercolour painted directly onto fabric or she often uses lino prints as well as her starting point. Her abstracted designs then use embroidery to highlight certain areas to enhance the composition. Slubs in the fabric simply add further texture to her work. English artist, teacher and author Kaz Holmes works with mixed media to create her textile collages that feature discarded and found materials, connecting drawing, painting and image with cloth and stitch. American quilt artist Deborah Boschort works raw-edged fused applique with hand and free machine quilting along with paint and inks to help tell her stories featuring recurring symbols, shapes and motives exploring her personal experiences. All these embroidery artists are worth researching to, he to see how they express their vision through the work they produce. They have attained that freedom of self-expression. And remember, when it comes to painting, you can paint the substrate first, then embroider. But you can also embroider first, then paint. And this is a technique I love to use because the results are always highly effective. Simply use a white cotton thread, then paint very carefully. Now, what about texture? Embroidery itself builds texture, pattern and complexity that can indicate and replicate line, shape and movement. It's imagination and innovation that differentiates each and every embroidery artist and that gives voice to their own unique style structure through the materials and techniques used. And sometimes that all comes down to how well they use simplicity. And that's something to remember. I think a lot of people new to embroidery and creating their own designs feel they have to throw a bucket load of techniques, materials and stitches into their work. Not so, which is why I'm referencing a number of highly successful embroidery artists who work within the parameters of very simple stitchery. Free machine embroidery is one way to create immediate texture. It can be worked densely or in a more gestural, light-hearted way to give a sense of movement and openness. In fact, the sewing machine is the perfect mechanical mark-making tool, able to develop amazing line, texture, pattern and movement in an artwork. But it's also able to hold fabrics together and give additional pops of colour. It's also the perfect way to exploit and reference line drawings and sketches. Now I just have to reference an English embroidery artist whose work I admire hugely. 
Alice Kettle's work is mammoth. I mean, it's not just large, it's gargantuan. So scale gives her work immediate impact. But it's her expressive use of line and texture created by her clever use of a simple sewing machine. Alice manipulates tension to form loops or to pull up a differently coloured bobbin thread. And what she creates is visual poetry, harmonious, unified and very, very exciting. She uses free machine embroidery, one of the simplest forms of machine embroidery possible, in my opinion, in a way no other artist has before her, to create memorable works of art. Simplicity done well. Her work is mesmerising. Back now to hand embroidery and simple hand embroidery stitches such as French knots, straight stitch, seed stitch, running stitch and even cross stitch all help explore further textural mark making and seem to be the stitches preferred by a number of embroidery artists. And in the case of machine embroiderers, dropping the feed dogs on their machines to take control of that direction, density of stitch and free flowing movement of line is the way to go for them. And sometimes it's that simplicity of technique that allows the maker to concentrate on the content and fluency of mark making. It's honing that visual voice of each and every artist to refine their own work as they work. Just take a look at the stunning work of Christine Statton, who happily combines hand and free machine embroidery. Now, that's not an easy thing to do, but Christine manages it with aplomb, dancing between the speed of her sewing machine and the meditative, mindful use of her hand stitching. I just love that contrast between machine and hand work, and I have to say it's not always a successful outcome for many embroidery artists, but it certainly is with Christine. Her work is mostly pure abstraction. It's the texture of the stitch along with her beautiful use of colour that sets the scene and creates that stunning visual interest. And apparently there's a pull for Christine between order and chaos and you can see it there writ plainly in her work. She allows the threads the freedom to go where they will, with no outcome or expectation in mind. Now that's brave and something I truly admire. Richard McVettis creates the most amazing replications of aerial photographs at night using his go-to technique of seed stitch. Simple seed stitch. He's intentionally slowing the process down, completing each stitch to represent a single night light. Now, while the stitch may be simple, Richard repeats and repeats that stitch. It's a visual feast of simplicity that truly replicates his intention.
He also plays with the tension of the stitch, pulling it tighter to create smaller stitches that actually sit closer to the substrate. And that forms what looks like gentle gradients of colour, yet is actually just the one thread. Very clever, Richard McVadis. Paint, graphite and fine netting have all been used for the backgrounds in some of Hilary Ellis's works with small French knots used to create the feeling of a, small, a swarm of small insects, giving her work a more three-dimensional appearance. Do you see the recurring pattern here? Simplicity of technique references all these embroidery artists' work. You don't need a degree or diploma. You don't need to know every stitch in the stitch dictionary. What you do need is the passion and courage to create and go your own way, along with an ability to evaluate your work as you go. And for me, that comes through in each and every one of these artworks. These artists have the ability to combine image, texture and stitch harmoniously to help gain their creative embroidery freedom. Unity and harmony are important in any artwork. Every element of a design has to be able to work together so that no one element dominates, distracts or feels out of place. Quite the reverse, take one away and you'd miss it. With an idea and an intention, these artists have achieved unified and harmonious works of embroidered art that do just that. Expressing a simplicity of uh, concept through a simplicity of stitch. Expect obstacles along the way. There always are. And that's part of the process, learning to problem solve. But at some point, as embroidery artists, we also have to learn to take a step back and simply let the work evolve. It too has a voice. And ideas take time to develop. Stitching them out to a fully resolved artwork may take even longer. So release any apprehension and nervousness. Stitch by beautiful, comforting stitch and watch your work evolve. And to finish, I couldn't help but seek out Constance Howard's book, Inspiration for Embroidery, published in 1966 where she writes this in her introduction. The popularity of embroidery has increased during recent years and with this a higher standard of design and workmanship has developed. But there is still much scope for the encouragement of originality in ideas and the ways and means by which design and pattern making may be understood more fully. Technical skill is only a part of any craft without which progress is limited. But how to make something without building up 
aesthetic appreciation and sensibility in taste is worthless. The two are inseparable in embroidery if good results are to be achieved. Previously, this aspect of the craft was not pursued to the same standard as that of technical achievement and was considered of lesser value than the skill to work perfect stitchery. This lack of interest in design and subsequent inability to appreciate its importance may be due to the fact that much of the technique of embroidery is still very similar to that of the 16th century or earlier. Most of the stitches used nowadays have been handed down generation by generation with little variation whereas styles of design have changed considerably, especially during this century. Therefore, unless there is a sound basis on which to start building up patterns, it's much harder to keep abreast of the varying approaches to art now prevalent than to practice stitchery, which shows little apparent change. I think now, thankfully, there's huge interest in and understanding of design development on a personal level, especially conceptual embroidery work. But it's interesting nonetheless to ponder Constance Howard's writing from the 1960s. Her words were indeed predictive. So unshackle that idea of stitch perfection that was schooled into most of us. Rather reach out for your own unique form of self-expression and visual intrigue through the use of simple yet highly effective embroidery stitches such as the ones used by the embroidery artists mentioned here. Train yourself to have no fear. <laughs> Experiment play and embrace problem solving and most of all relax into a world where inspiration takes you on a journey of finding freedom in your embroidery and best of luck it's one of the best decisions I ever made as always thank you so much for your time I love having you here and it's truly appreciated Tell your friends to tune in and subscribe and let's make 2023 the best year ever. Stitch Safari's now reached over 16.9 thousand downloads and that's all thanks to you. It's also been mentioned as, uh, as one of the 20 best embroidery podcasts of 2021 by Welp magazine, listed as one of the top shows about embroidery by Repot in 2022, recorded in the top five textile industry podcasts you must follow in 2023 by Spot, and listed globally in top 10% by Listen Notes. And I'm extremely grateful. Please leave a message and subscribe to the Stitch Safari podcast because there's just so much more to discover and it truly is all so fascinating. I do post interesting tidbits on Instagram and Facebook from time to time as well as book reviews and a blog on the Stitch Safari website so do head on over. 
till the next exciting episode of Stitch Safari and our next inspiring adventure into stitch, embroidery and design. Bye for now. <laughs>